Welcome, and thank you for listening to Sandy Creek Stirrings. I'm your host, Joshua Jimenez. And if you're going to win souls, you've got to love souls. In spite of their meanness, in spite of the way they look, in spite of everything, you've got to seek to bring souls to Jesus Christ because you love them, because Jesus loved them, and because Jesus died for them, and you're trying to bring them to the Son of God. The Bible says in Psalm 84, 11, my last verse, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. I based my whole life on that, that it pays to serve God, and I believe that with all my heart. God has given us a guidebook. God has given us a directional map. And that guidebook, that map, is the precious Word of God. Listen, don't just go and sit in the pew. Find some way to serve and serve as a family. Be a part of everything at church. And when you learn to love what God loves, um, your children will learn to love it as well. Homes are not that spiritually strong. We're getting overtaken by the world quickly, but unfortunately, we're pumping all the sewage in. You know, we're letting the world in when that ought to be a haven. Well, here we are, part two of Teaching Your Children Faith, and joined by my father, my pastor, Pastor Patrick Jimenez, and thank you again for being on for this series, Teaching Your Children Faith. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Hey, I'm so glad and ready to start part two and excited to just give some practical tips that you can use right now. Sure. It's good stuff, and I've been enjoying the first part, and of course we covered the first three points. Um, That was keeping the Word of God in front of your children, something along those lines with the Word of God. Teaching them the Scriptures, Teaching them the Scriptures. Number two, not expecting others to raise your children. That's right. And then number three was um, keeping them under the godly right influences. Is that correct? Exactly, exactly. And the idea that second point was... um, of course, not expecting others to spiritually raise your children. Sure. Exactly. Yeah, those No, it's been points. good stuff. And then we, we're into um, how to get your children to pay attention during church. And you gave two very practical points to begin with. What were those two first points again? The two first points were, um, of course, to make them pay attention. They've got to um, put them down for a nap on Sunday afternoons. Right. And, um, and I, of course, go to bed early on Saturday night. And so those are two important things because you want them to be able to stay awake. You want them to be able to be refreshed in order to pay attention to uh, the preaching of the Word sure. of God. And so and the idea was on that, that third point where we said teaching your children faith means putting them under the right influences— We've got to get them under the influence of powerful doctrinal Bible preaching. Sure. If they don't have that influence of Bible preaching, they're not going to grow in faith. Yeah. Um, you cannot get away from that fact. They need the right kind of preaching. And then we began talking about those things, about how to get your child to listen to preaching, how to get them to pay attention. Yeah. And so that's kind of where we're at right now. You know, the thing, I, the thing I really appreciate about this series that we're covering here on the podcast is I don't think people get enough. Now, we just mentioned this before we went live, um, but I don't think people get enough practical practical preaching and teaching on family and raising children. And so that's why this is great. You know, the other thing is, is something you mentioned before we went live, is that this series is uh, beneficial to really everyone, whether you're a parent or not, whether you're a grandparent or not. If you go to church and you're around kids, they learn things from you, whether you just come and sit in a pew. They learn something from you by what you do. And so this applies to really everybody across the spectrum. 
And so it's been a great uh, first episode. Looking forward to part two. Some people might ask, well, how long is this series going to go? I don't know. It'll end when it <laughs> ends and when we get through it. And it's some good stuff, And um, but very practical, and that's something I'll appreciate. It's even more practical from here, things you can take home and literally use today. And that's why this is so important. This series is so important because it is practical. It's, a, it's the take home and use. Sure. And so you just fill your doggy bag, go home, and feast off of it and watch it work. That's the cool part about this kind of stuff. You're exactly right. It's some good stuff, that's for sure. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to skip the formalities, emails, and websites. You can find everything, again, at sandycreekstirrings.com. Again, that's sandycreekstirrings.com. Contact about everything there is to know about the podcast. You can find that on our website, and you can also contact us through that. By the way, if you have a question for Pastor Patrick Jimenez concerning teaching your children faith, you can always send those in on our contact page on the website, and we'll try and get those answered. But uh, let's jump into part two and continuing how to make your how to how to teach your children faith, of course. But the, kind of the sub theme right now, where we where we stopped at last time, was continuing to learn how to make your children pay attention during the church services. And so let's continue from there. Absolutely, and the idea is they're never going to grow in faith and learn from the preaching. They're not paying attention. Exactly. And you've got to train that in your child because ultimately your children will pay attention to whatever they want to pay attention to. They can sit down and watch a two and a half hour movie, right? They can play exactly games right. on an on a Xbox for, uh, for, for hours. Well, why can't they do that at church? And it's because they haven't been trained. Exactly. They're not being made to do it. Yep. And so you've got to train that in your child. And so the third thing, if you're going to uh, bring your children to church, and by the way, if you're not doing that as a parent, you're failing as a parent. Exactly. Okay. You are failing as a parent if you don't have your children in a biblical church. And I'm not talking about one of these that, like you mentioned, you know, lowers the lights and has rock and roll concerts. That's yeah. not church, okay? That's that's entertainment. You For go sure. buy a rock concert ticket if you're going to do that with your children. I don't recommend that. But, right. <laughs> and uh, But ultimately, it needs to be a place where you get actual preaching. And so we find tip number three, if you're going to have your kids pay attention in church, don't give them cell phones, tablets, coloring books, or other things that distract them from listening. They need to pay attention to God's Word being preached, and you need to teach them how to sit up straight and listen to the preaching. And, you know, how how would it be if you sent your kids to school and you gave them a cell phone and a tablet and a coloring book and said, hey, when the teacher's teaching you math, just sit there and play (laughs) on your cell phone, right? You know what that teacher's going to do? They're going to take away that cell phone, they're going to take away that tablet, they're going to take away that coloring book, and they're going to say, pay attention. Because if they're not paying attention, they're not going to learn the concept. They're not going to be affected by the knowledge being given them. Well, how crazy is it that people come to church, and the first thing they do is they pull out all of the toys and coloring books and cell phones and tablets and put it before a child? candy. It's it's lazy parenting. Exactly. Because they don't want to take the effort to train the child, so they occupy them with something else. And they're destroying their child's faith. That's exactly right. So they've got to do that. You know, for my kids, you say, well, did your kids ever have a coloring book in church? No, they didn't. My kids were taught from the moment they were able to sit on a pew to pay attention. 
And we taught them to do that. Yep. And, you know, Josh, you were one where uh, we had to train mm-hmm. you and teach you, and you were difficult. You are our first one. I was great. I don't know what you're uh, talking about. I don't about. know about that. I was awesome. I want to get your mom on the podcast. Best kid ever. <laughs> and <laughs> Can I remind you about having to take you out of the services repeatedly? No, we don't need to talk about that. Okay, we'll move on. All right. So don't let them be distracted with things. Take those things away from them. They don't need those things in church, okay? When, when they're watching a movie, they're not sitting there with a coloring book. No, they're focused on the movie or the game. So same thing in church. Okay. Number two, sit up front so they can see the preacher clearly. Yeah. Sit up front. Mm. I don't sit in the back of a church. Yeah. And the reason is, is because the distractions drive me crazy. Exactly. But not only does a child have to try to get past all of the distractions, because, you know, we're, we're easily distracted by things. Um, somebody pulls out a piece of candy and you know on the back of the church and they're unwrapping it and you hear that little wrapper. It's always so slow. Oh, it's so slow. Instead of just tearing it open and getting it over with, they, they want to do it slowly to try to hide it. No, everybody knows. Okay. But what happens is that child's focus is easily turned to something else. Yep. Not only that, but they can't see the preacher. Children mm-hmm. are short. Yeah. They sit in the back. They can't see past the people, the rows of people in front of them to see the preacher. Without a visual contact, they're not going to pay attention. It's difficult for a child. The more that they are stimulated in their senses, the more senses you use in teaching methods, the more they'll comprehend and learn, the more the sticks. So it's not just your ears that need to be paying attention, but your eyes need to see and pay attention. If they can't see the preacher, they're going to struggle in listening and paying attention. So yeah. get to the front. You say, well, I don't like you know sitting at the front of a church. Get over it. Amen. Get over it. Move up front. Yeah. It's so important that your children be up front. And uh, you're wanting to say something. Yeah, you know, the, to me, the weirdest thing, working the soundboard, right, every sound man knows what I'm talking about. I don't know why, but and I'm not trying to be disrespectful either, but the half-deaf people always sit in the back <laughs> and then go up to the sound guy after the service and say it was too quiet. Well, that's not the sound guy's fault. You need to scoot up to the front. And then you got the people who they can hear really well and they sit right under the speaker. And it like, you know, they're they're like it's too loud. It's kind of like the too hot, too cold thing. We're moving yes. back into winter. Literally same temperature it's been all year in the auditorium, but now it's too cold in here. And it's, it's like crazy. it's the same temperature it has been during the summer. Anyway, I just thought I'd mention that. But, you I know, if you have you a just... hard problem hearing, you need to move forward. They don't need to turn up the sound. Find a speaker and sit under it. Amen. There Absolutely. we go. All right. Anyway. I feel like you just let out some steam and some pet peeves. Right oh, there. yeah. You know, that's what this <laughs> podcast, I originally started it for. No, I didn't start it for that. And uh, <laughs> But no, no, this is uh, good stuff. So go ahead. It is true. It is true. Okay. You ready for the next one? For sure. To have your children pay attention in church. You need to teach your child to use their Bible and follow along with the preacher. So get them a Bible, put it in their lap. And I'm not talking about a Bible on a tablet, yeah. okay? Put a Bible, a paper, okay? On paper, Bible, a real sure. one, on their lap and teach them to turn to the books of the Bible. It's a training thing. But ultimately, they need to confirm what the preacher is preaching. They don't just need to believe a guy in a pulpit. They need to have a Bible in their lap and start following and seeing and learning and confirming that what the preacher is saying is true. I'm reading it for myself. I am seeing it. I'm I'm able to go back and forth and read. And so you say, well, what if my child is too young to read? Put a Bible in their lap. Get them used to sitting with the Bible. Right. Get them used to turning. You say, well, they're turning pages, but they don't know where they're going. 
Great. They are learning. For sure. And every now and then as a parent, you need to just reach over and flip the pages for them and say, look, here's where we are. And they're going to be so thrilled to even have their Bible there in their lap to follow along. Um, you know, our kids were, you know, always wanted to do what mom and dad did. Yeah. Because, you know, they're following our example. And so we all we take notes. So yeah. we highlight some scripture. We'll take notes. I've got my pen. Well, my kids want to do the same thing. All of you have done that, all yeah. my kids. And so your first Bibles are like 100% of the pages are colored in with highlighter. Yep. And there are scribbles and everything all over the pages. So, you know, that first Bible the kid owns, expect it to be marked up with coloring. and this. Let them do it. It's okay. They're practicing yeah. taking notes. That's now, what... they may, like, write a word, one word on the when they learn to write. Yeah. And it might be, like, 12 times bigger than the, the word yeah. on the Bible, you know, but they're learning to take notes. It's okay. Exactly. It's okay if they do that. Um, some people are like, oh, they're desecrating the Bible. No, they're learning to take notes. Yeah. They're learning, okay, you are to have your Bible in your lap and write in notes and follow along. And so teach them to do it. So put a Bible in their lap and let them see you taking notes. Let them learn from you how to do those things. Good. Okay. And then how to get them to pay attention. I love this one. Talk about the message on the way home. Yeah. Okay. Talk about the message on the way And you'll find out then and there how good of a job you're doing at training them to listen. Mm-hmm. And well, the problem is sometimes even the parent can't tell you what <laughs> the preacher talked about yeah. on the way home, right? You're like, what did I preach on, uh, you know, last Sunday? Oh, I don't know. Uh, you know, we've got to force ourselves to pay attention. And a great way to do that is to, um, you know, talk about what the preacher talked about. Okay. So for instance, ask some questions. What was the main point the preacher gave tonight? And see if they can answer. If they can't come up or they, they stumble, give them the answer. Help them. Okay. How can we use this, what the preacher preached on tonight in our daily life? Okay. What passage of scripture did he preach from? And so go over the message with them and, and, and talk about it on the way home. It's so uh, important. And then, um, you know, how about this one? Uh, give them rewards for answering questions about the message. Give them rewards for answering questions about the message. And so, um, basically, what book of the Bible did the preacher preach out of tonight? And if they get that right, give them, give them a quarter. You know, say, listen, for every question you can answer tonight from the service, um, I'll give you a quarter. Wow. Okay. We've done that with you guys. You know, um, done it with our kids, you know, now, Silas, Callie, and Micah. You know, sometimes we'll say, listen, I've got a dollar bill if you can answer a question from the preaching tonight. So pay attention. Now, I'm not going to make it super hard or super deep, you know, but I'm going to have my my dollars ready, and I'm going to say, okay, tonight, point number two was, and I'll make it something that the preacher talked about, you know, and really solidified so they can remember it. And if if they get it right, I give them that dollar. If they miss it, then I'll say, well, let me give you a second chance, okay? And I'll give a different question. And I want them with all possibility to, 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 to memorize that and to, to be able to get that reward. Yeah, no, that's uh, a good idea. Sometimes it's like, hey, you know what? Um, after church tonight, if, if you guys can answer a question, we're going to go get an ice cream cone at McDonald's. Okay, what's a McDonald's ice cream cone? What, a dollar? Yeah. And so... Burger King is 50 cents, so... Okay, there it is. Go to Burger King, amen. (laughs) You got three kids, that's $1.50 plus tax. And so you find that if you will do that, that incentive, that reward for answering questions, um, 
you know, from the preaching helps them to pay attention. They're now, they're going to sit up. They say, man, I want to be able to get an ice cream cone. So they're on purpose going to pay attention. Right. So incentivize, is that Give them a reward. Let's use that. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. give them a reward. And then one last way to make the preaching effective to your children is to use the altar with them. Mm. I think this is one of the biggest failures of parents when it comes to preaching. They fail using the altar with the children. They need to learn how to use an altar. They need to learn how to respond to the preaching. They might hear it. Now teach them how to respond, how to get things right, how to confess your sin to God at an altar and pray and let them hear you pray and say, God, forgive me. I I, I've got this thing in my life. It doesn't need to be there. Um, teach them how to ask for forgiveness by by going to the altar. Teach them how to pray for others at the altar. Sometimes you go to the altar not because you're confessing sin, but sometimes you go to the altar because you're just making a commitment to the Lord. Say, Lord, I'm making this commitment to you. I'm going to start reading my Bible every day. I'm going to you make that. Let them hear you. And then sometimes you go to the altar to pray for others, and you're begging God to work in a in a loved one's life that is lost and you're saying God open their eyes to the gospel or you're praying for someone who's you know on their deathbed or sick or needs a, a healing or something and let the children see you respond and how to use the altar so yeah. little That's tips good. of having your children how to make your children um, pay attention to preaching good stuff so good I like stuff. it anything to add on that one no no I, you know we've lost generations of altar goers you might say people who go and use the altar just because people quit. And it, after people quit going, their their children stop seeing it. And so kids nowadays, they, you know, in a lot of churches, they've never seen many people go to the altar. They have no clue what it's about. Their, their parents don't use the altar. It's really sad um, because, you know, in the Bible, the altar was so significant for where people made decisions. They let go of burdens. You know, look, go back. A great study for people is to go back and look at all the reasons that people use the altar within the Old Testament. It was more than just sacrifice. You look at Gideon, he he gave a sacrifice. Why? He was burdened. You look at um you look at the parents of Samson, I forget their names right now. But you look at the parents of Samson, they did it because they wanted to prove is this really something of God? You know, there's so many reasons to go to the altar. You you're burdened. You got something you're you're praying about. Um, as you mentioned, you're praying for other people. You're making a decision, and uh, the altar, going to the altar, moving out of your seat. You'll find within Scripture, at least I can't find, where somebody made a big decision for God, and they didn't almost immediately move out of their comfort zone in some fashion or some way. Yeah. And most of the time, they solidified that decision by going to specifically the altar. And so I think it's a very significant thing that's not talked about in churches enough, and we need to get back to using it more, going to the front and moving out of our comfort zone. There's something special there yeah. at the altar. I, I was taught by some faithful men how to use the altar, and I can honestly say that the majority of my major decisions in my life were made at an old-fashioned altar in right. response to a message that God that God preached. What if I wasn't paying attention to that message? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would have missed out. Yep. would have missed out. Exactly. Well, under this was, um, these fell under the influence, okay, placing your children under the right influences, and we talked about placing them under the influence of preaching and how to pay attention to preaching. Sure. Um, there's another influence that you need to put your children under, and that is you need to put them under the influence of the preacher and spiritual leaders of the church. Yeah. You need to push them towards your preacher. Now, I'm going to put a little asterisk next to this, okay? Um, don't blindly push your children 
to mm. authority. Make sure that th- that authority is right and safe. Right. Okay. That's important because um, it doesn't matter. Listen, I've seen bad parents. Yeah. I've seen bad police officers. I've seen bad car salesmen. I've seen every uh, line of work, occupation, person, uh, you know, you see bad ones. Mm-hmm. And there's good ones. And as a parent, you need to be able to identify good and bad. Now, if you can't trust your your preacher or your staff of your church, then you, then you need to go somewhere where you can trust them. Right. Okay. There's All of them. Exactly. And so be careful when I say place your children under the influence of your preacher and push them towards your preacher and spiritual leaders within church, youth directors, um, you know, those kind of things, Sunday school teachers. And the idea is you push them to that. But make sure there are people that you can trust and people that live out the Word of God and have a good testimony. Um, and make sure that you, you know, protect your children uh, in that sense. Right. But uh, push them towards that. You were going to say something. Yeah, and on that note, it's not like, um, you know, you said, you know, if you can't trust them, then go somewhere else. But it also remember, it's like a literal trust, trust issue. It's not, you know, well, I don't like how he always wears the color blue. Well, that's insignificant. It's not a personal preference thing. It's do you have a legitimate reason to say, you know, I I cannot trust um, our church's youth director. Here's the biblical and doctrinal reasons why. Exactly. Then I think that's a significant reason to, you know, I think we need to change churches. But if it's something where, you know, where, you know, I don't like that they went to this roller coaster park. Well, or, you, know, you know, they said something that offended me. Yeah, that's a that's a personal thing. You need to get over that. And um, you're looking for doctrinal things. If it's a doctrinal issue, yes, you need to change churches, because doctrinally you need to be able to trust your pastor, your assistant to the pastor, your whatever other positions are there. And also under that falls if there's something that you just don't trust about the character of that person. Yeah. You know, they're not being honest. They're, right. There's something not right with that person. You feel that the safety of your children is jeopardized. You need to protect your yeah, children. exactly. Okay, so that's kind of where I'm going with that. Yeah. But ultimately, push your children towards the preacher and spiritual leaders. Um, you know, we're not out about—this is not about man worship. Exactly. Okay, you're not to worship men, but you ought to. Okay, you ought to make sure that you lift up those spiritual heroes of the faith, and that one of those should be your pastor. And, you know, people will let their kids, you know, put up posters of, you know, a sports person, or, a, a, you know, they'll, they'll have a song, you know, uh, what are these, uh, musicians, you know, worldly yeah. musicians, or, and they're allowed to, to, to worship them and make heroes out of them, you know, and, and, and uh, they, they'll have posters, and they'll have autographs, and this kind of thing, you know, you need to elevate the preacher yeah, and the, the people who labor in the Word of God before your children. Make heroes out of them. Now, you don't worship them, okay? Let's, let's make sure we, we define that really good. But one of the things that I always did with my children on a practical side here is, is we always told them, look, you know, that's the man of God. Yeah. You know, he's, he's called of God. And he's he's got a higher position than the president of the United States. Yeah, and because he, he does, there's mm-hmm. no higher calling than that to preach the word of God. That's exactly right. And so we elevated preachers in our children's life, and to the point where you guys would actually go around with your Bible on the front cover, you'd have a preacher sign your Bible, and you say, "Oh, it's man worship." No, it's not worshiping a man. Okay, you didn't pray to him, you didn't fall down, you didn't give offerings to him, as in you know trying to sacrifice him. No, you you honor God. But the Bible does say, "Give honor to whom honor is due." Right. Okay, you can't get away from that scripture. And so we taught you to honor the man of God and to respect him. And we taught you that there's something special about someone who labors in the Word of God. And you looked up to that. And it helped you. 
yeah. as you grew up. Right. Um, there's an episode that you talked about, about when you were on the verge of just giving up on God for a while. You just got around the wrong crowd, wrong influence. And you talked about that time where, um, you know, you went to a preacher yeah. and um, you knocked on his door and just got some counsel and help. How did you know to go to that preacher? We had taught you. Yeah. To when go, you need help, yeah. you go to the man of God. And uh, yeah, discuss that story in depth, episodes 135 and 136. Uh, my story won't buy you, I almost quit, part one and part two. And uh, yeah, that's exactly right. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so teaching our children faith, okay? So we are on point number four. Let's review. Point number one was, if you're going to teach your child faith, you've got to teach them the Word, Word of, of God. God. Number two, if you teach child faith, you're going to have to have to. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> you forgot already. You you're going to have to hang on, hang on. Let me think about it. I know the third one is influence. Number two is you're going to have to raise them yourself, not put them, not expect other people to raise your children. You can't expect others to spiritually raise your children. Number three, you got to place them under the right influences. And then number four. Okay, so you ready for number four? I'm ready. Okay, here's some practical stuff. Teaching your children faith means helping them to develop good habits now. Okay, they've got to learn to develop good habits now. Yeah. And so that is so important. In other words, the habits are what is ingrained in them, their character, their choices, their works, their words. All these develop your habits. And so it's what you are inclined to do naturally. And so here's the thing, naturally, because of a sinful heart, you know, the, the Bible's very clear in the book of Jeremiah that we our hearts are sinful, they're deceitful, they're desperately wicked. Who can know it? Yeah. And so because of a sinful nature, we are inclined to do that which is wrong and make a habit out of the wrong things. So we have to teach our children to overcome that sinful heart and make habits out of good things. Mm -hmm. But you cannot expect that to happen if you don't train that in your children. And so too many times people want uh, to be called Christians, but they possess worldly habits. That doesn't work. You can't possess right. worldly habits and still call yourself a Christian. You might be saved, but to be a Christian is to be Christ-like, and Christ didn't have worldly, sinful habits. So it's so important that um, you teach your children to have good habits. And good habits in children don't just happen, okay? They don't just happen. They have to be taught. They have to be trained. In fact, Proverbs twenty nine fifteen says, "...the rod and reproof give wisdom." But listen to the rest of this verse. But a child left to himself bringeth his mother shame. Notice that a child left to himself. That means one that's not being trained, one that's not being taught. If he's just doing his own thing, he's going to respond to his sinful nature, and he's going to bring shame to his family name, bring yeah. shame to his mom. So a parent must actively teach and train a child to have good habits. That's that training up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart of it. It became a habit. So he would not abandon that. You need to train your child to have faith. You must train them to have good habits that develop faith. And so in that, we talked about some things. Remember, it's one of those subpoints within sure. points, right? Yep. So I got another little mini list for you. Okay. What are some good habits that you need to train your children in? Okay. Mm -mm -mm. Having personal devotions. 
Okay, good. Having personal devotions. Those are some things that they need to work on habitually. So let me give you a little quick list that I've got here. Um, What habits do I need to train my children to have? What habits? Because they're not just going to happen automatically. So if I'm going to teach my children faith, it means developing a good habit now in certain things. So number one, train them to make a habit of obeying without a bad attitude response. Okay, If your child is rolling his eyes and huffing and puffing when you tell him to do something, that is sinful. That is a bad habit. That is a bad response. Yeah. You've got to train them out. So I've seen a parent where, you know, I've seen in the years that I've been in the ministry, you know, I've seen parents will tell their child to do something and that child responds with a bad attitude and they walk off and they'll, they'll do what they're told. But man, their attitude stinks. Yeah. You know what? That is failed parenting. Right. Because attitude matters. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's the aroma of the heart. And so, you know, I'll have a parent say, well, at least they're doing what I told them. If they're not doing it with the right heart attitude, then it's still wrong. Okay. Don't just be satisfied that they obeyed. You have to train them how to obey and respond with a right heart attitude. That's so important that they do that. And so um, teach them to have uh, a right response. Okay. Um, That's a habit that they need to learn that it's a habit that when they're told to do something, do it right. And the ultimate reason you do that is because you're teaching them how to respond to God. Yeah. Okay, that's where the faith comes in. And so how they respond to you is how they're, they're going to respond to God, and how you've taught them how to respond to you in authority is how they're going to respond to God, because God is their final authority. Exactly. And so what happens is, is when, you, and you see it, you know, when, when, when God instructs you know, us in certain things, a person who's been taught how to have the bad habit of a bad response, they'll do that with God. So God says, tithe. And you'll hear people say, ah, God, tithing, I don't want... And they roll their eyes, and they, they give grudgingly, and they, you know, and that's a bad response. So exactly. they're, they're going to learn how to treat God and respond to Him by how you've taught them. So teach them how to have a good response. Make yeah. sense? That's good stuff. Okay. Now, how many more of these you got? Uh, I don't know. How much time do I got? I've got one, two, three more. Four three more. more. Four more. Four more. But they're short and little the, ones. They're all on. they're all on teaching your children good habits. Well, I tell you what, they're going to have to learn these habits in the next episode. (laughs) I love leaving people on cliffhangers. It makes them come back and listen for more. Teaching your children good habits, response, and so much more. We'll hear the rest of that in Teaching Your Children Faith, part number three. Thank you so much for being on here today, and it's been absolutely wonderful. And uh, looking forward to the rest of these practical tips. So thank you for listening, my friend. Until next time, keep looking up and keep stirred up for the cause of Christ.